shattered. Too unbreakable. Listen here, sweet sister. Whether you think you have one little crack or you are shattered into a billion pieces, this podcast is going to give you the resources, tools, and skills to help piece yourself back together to form a beautiful, unique, solid, and unbreakable masterpiece. You are listening to Shattered to Unbreakable, the Reclaim podcast. Let's talk. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Shattered to Unbreakable. I'm your host, Brandy Babin, and I have Aubrey Fowler here with me today. Hello. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about more of what I'm just experiencing lately. I have like my inner rebel just wanting to break out. And so we're going to be talking about rebel to excel. And I thought that maybe I was just an angry little thing, but I've been hearing other people talk about this idea <laughs> of rebellion to get past this box that society has us in. And these are really credible people. Mm. So I was very excited that the credible people are thinking what I'm thinking, <laughs> which makes me feel credible. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, for example, uh, I was listening to a podcast, obviously, Ed Milet. He's one of my faves. Um, <laughs> he was interviewing somebody named Matt Higgins, who is the co-founder and CEO of RSE Ventures, which is a private investment firm. Super, super rich, Kay. And <laughs> he started from <laughs> extreme poverty, extreme poverty. And he had a hard time in the school system because even though he was in extreme poverty, he was really smart and he wanted to graduate early. Um, he noticed that people were getting GEDs and he noticed that staying in high school four years seemed like a really long plan when he kind of felt like he already had the the knowledge and the skills to go on to college or do other things. And so he was trying to, you know, test out of grades or do better in school. And, you know, they kept trying to put bring him back into this box. And he was like, you know what, if you're going to do this to me, I'm just going to fail. If I flunk out of high mm -hmm. school, you can't hold me back. So he started doing yep. awful in school, lots of behavioral issues, right? And they kept trying to rein him in, rein him in. Well, it finally reached a point where they were done with him, right? So that's what societal will do. They'll either try to put you back in the box, or if you don't comply, they will shove you out of the box, but not in the direction you really wanted to go, right? They just cast you aside. And so he was saying like, yeah, go ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just badger you until you're done. And then I'm going to go my own way. So what he did was got him real angry, <laughs> got, got kicked out of school <laughs> and went and got his GED early and then started his career. And look at him now. He is like amazing. And he actually educates mm -hmm. other kids who are getting their GEDs or are cast aside or, you know, the I don't even know what you would call them, I guess, poverty or troubled children. I don't know. People have labeled them with so many different yeah. labels, but but he educates them now. And the one thing he says is that he says, look, you have more potential being a quote failure than all the other kids complying in school because you have the comeback story. Mm -hmm. You have the from rags yeah. to riches story. People love that stuff. Mm -hmm. Use it. Like it seems manipulative, <laughs> but really it's what society has set up. That's, that's yep. the setup that we're giving them. It's like, yep. You know, if you don't comply, we're going to cast you aside. And then we love this this mm -hmm. rags to riches story. So 
He yes. uses it. He's like, use it. You use it all to your advantage. No one's looking out for you but you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've kind of learned the hard way that that's true. It really is true. Even even if you have the best intentions, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, you're looking out for yourself. And no one can even blame you for that. That's not even a knock against anybody. That is how we are designed to be. You are supposed to look out for yourself because no one else is supposed yeah. to do that. They're supposed to be looking out for themselves. The only difference, obviously, is mm-hmm. your children. You have to look out for your children. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like if you're not taking care of you, you can't take care of your children. They're yep. not taking care of you. Emma told me the other right. day, she's like, Mom, don't worry. If you go where Nellie goes, I'll be able to take care of the others just fine. It's like, especially for the rest <laughs> of the three days and until we go to dad's. And I'm like, well, Emma, I would hope that you would call someone to get rid of my body. Stay there for three days. Like, thank you. I appreciate that. But you'll never have to do that. There's people to help you. <laughs> but I'm glad you feel confident that if I go where Nellie goes, you could handle the family. <laughs> so my little, she's my little caretaker. Um, oh, so, <laughs> so when we're talking about this rebel to excel idea, I got this idea while listening to that podcast, but I realized that this mm-hmm. is happening so much. There are so many success stories that was, you know, rags to riches. I mean, and I'm just trying to think of some, I'm sure you guys can think of some in your head right now that you've listened to or noticed, but you know, it's the stuff movies are made of all the based on a true story movies, you know, there's um, Rudy Mm -hmm. and, and the blind side, some of the sports ones, remember the Titans, Mm -hmm. you know, all, you know, trying to get outside this box and all of a sudden just killing it. Right. So I love the idea of Rebel to Excel. And we're going to talk for about a couple other uh, instances. And Aubrey, you brought up Dave Mm -hmm. Ramsey, which I think is a really great example, because when we're talking about what society has put on us, especially financially, this idea of a credit score, I totally agree with Dave Ramsey. There is no need mm-hmm. for a credit score. It's to measure how well you yeah. stay in debt. I hate that mm-hmm. like so much. Yep. <laughs> so um, yep. Dave Ramsey talks about how he could buy the apartment building, but he couldn't rent an apartment there because his credit score is, isn't high enough. Yeah. So, you know, it's just so yeah. crazy. Um, and he's, you know, filed bankruptcy and now he's like one of the number one financial advisors in the world for the Mm -hmm. common people like so it's one of those again rebel to excel you don't have to stay in this box you don't have to do what society's telling you to do in fact it's to your benefit if you step outside the box and Mm -hmm. um because aubrey and i always play both sides if you love to be comfortable and you don't want to step outside the box don't worry we're not talking to you you can stay in the box you're fine (laughs) (laughs) we're not trying to tell you to get uncomfortable if you like your box it's okay there's nothing wrong with that we're talking about the people who try and try and try and try and try and they just feel like they're not getting anywhere and it's because Mm -hmm. society wants you to stay small the government wants you to stay small that's why there's division Mm -hmm. that's why and i'm totally jumping on like an extremist conspiracy side of this but i believe that's why the news (laughs) is the news 
they try to divide mm-hmm. you. When things are going wrong yep. in our country, they try they try to get you to get fearful. They try to get you to hate each other. This whole mm-hmm. last five years is prime example of how the government needs us to stay mad at each other. There has to be two sides that oppose, yep. and it has to be very ugly mm-hmm. in order for us not to unify, right? Because unification is scary to a government. Mm-hmm. That's how they get overthrown. Yep. So that's my conspiracy yep. side of it. I don't know. I'm spitballing. But Aubrey, (laughs) you had a really good example of what's going on systematically in one part of our society. So I'm a a homeschooling mom of two. I've talked about that. And so my world right now is just filled with homeschooling. Either I'm doing the thing or I'm planning next year. So right now I'm planning next year. And... um, there's this homeschool conference that I go to every year, and it's amazing. Obviously, they're biased towards homeschooling, but right. um, something that I think is just absolutely fascinating is that homeschool was illegal in Colorado. I haven't looked up all the other states. It's legal in all 50 now, but um, it was illegal in Colorado until May 10th, 1988. Holy smokes. That's crazy to me. So. And there were, like, people didn't just start homeschooling in 1988. People were just doing it illegally because that was what they believed was best for their family. And so there were a lot of people persecuted, CPS getting involved just because they were homeschooling. And now I'm not naive. I realize that some of these families probably needed some intervention and were not actually... um, teaching with the best their children's best interests in mind um but i have no doubt that there were a large number of families who were doing the thing right being persecuted just because they were outside of the box they were not doing and they were breaking the law i'm aware it was illegal but it was a dumb law so um (laughs) there's this homeschool movement is really picking up speed now and you know during the pandemic nobody had a choice that's just what it was and a lot of people moved away from the um, just like computer schooling to, okay, I'm just, we're going to take you out of traditional school and I'm going to do it. We're going to homeschool for real. And um, I think that it opens up this huge opportunity to really educate kids. Um, there's a quote attributed to Einstein says, education is what remains after one has forgotten what one has learned in school. And I just, watching children um, from the age before school and the first few years and then in high school, it's just crazy to me because they want to know everything right now. My kids are five and seven and they want to know how it all works. Where did it all come from? Why do we do this? What is they, I can teach them all day. If I sit them down and make them do worksheets all day. Right. Absolutely not. That's the way you, that's how you kill education. Exactly. Teaching them. And so it's just, it's wonderful. We do school outside most of the time when we can, it's Colorado. So, um, and they just it's and sometimes we take we chase rabbits 
and we just look at what they want to look at. We learn about what they want to learn about. And yes, they're five and seven. They have to learn how to write, even though they don't like it. They have to learn how to do basic math, even though that's not the most fun. Yes, they have to learn how to do those things. But it's just amazing to watch them. Just they're so curious. High schoolers, they don't care about nothing. I'm speaking from I my know, own right? experience too. I don't want to. I don't want to learn anything. I don't want to walk a watch a documentary. I don't like. Absolutely not. I don't because they, they like, beat that out of you. You're like thirst for knowledge and life because it's all just, um, worksheets and boring. I and know. There's a particular school of thought right now that um, we're not necessarily endorsing or saying that we we believe this also but there's a school of thought right now that believes school public school is not actually about the education of children but the creation of good little worker bees for society yes i've been hearing that a lot on tiktok i meant to lead with this so um we are not trying to bash teachers there are amazing teachers we love teachers i'm the daughter of a teacher so my father, all of my father's friends, all teachers, love them dearly. It's the governmental systematic schooling that we have an issue yeah. with, not right. teachers. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that I, I, I don't like when kids are graduating high school and don't know how to balance their checkbook, do their taxes, start yeah. a business, um, you know, invest. Yes. Why are we not being taught how to invest mm -hmm. and what our portfolio should look like and what a stock and a bond is? Why are those things only being taught in academically able classes or like, you know, high up class? Like these mm -hmm. should be things every single American yeah. learns, in my opinion. And yes. I'm very confused yeah. because everything that I learned about business or um, balancing checkbooks or doing my taxes or building house and knowing, you know, what a budget is and knowing about investing in stocks and bonds and trading on the market. Everything I learned in all of those areas was an elective. Yep. Why is that not mainstream? Why? Why, why, why? Like, I understand yep. the importance of history, mm -hmm. but social studies should be everything that I just mentioned. One of the, um, the speakers at... The conference that I went to, his name is Israel Wayne. He was um, illegally homeschooled by his mom, and he had quite a few siblings. I can't remember the number, so I'm not going to guess. Um, but she, single mom, homeschooled them all and just decided, you know, whatever the consequences are, then they are. And But this is what we're doing. So um, they were all graduated before it was legalized. <laughs> so, like, all ah. the way through homeschooled illegally. Um, and she told him, it is not my job to teach you everything there is to teach you. Even if I could, you wouldn't remember it. Because mm -hmm. you don't remember unless you're practicing it. My job right. is to teach you how to learn. Oh, that's interesting. I like that. Yeah. And I just, I thought that that was so cool because if they know how to research, if they know how to find the answers, then it's the whole teach a man to fish thing. Like they're, they're going, you can't stop them. They're going to know whatever they need to know because they're going to know how to learn it. I don't have to exactly. teach them anything. I just have to keep them hungry. 
Right. I can say that in every job that I've had, my ability to learn quickly has gotten me the raise, not necessarily how skilled mm -hmm. I am. It's the ability to learn things yep. and learn them quickly. So that's, I love mm -hmm. that. Teachers, teachers are supposed to teach you how to learn, not necessarily what to learn. I love it. It's revolutionary yep. to my mind. We are going to keep talking about government systems and making so many people angry. No, I'm just kidding. But that being said, I, I want everybody to know we are not trying to, uh, we're not trying to make anybody mad. These are just opinions. They're just ideas that we're having in our heads. Um, we welcome any sort of feedback because we, Aubrey and I are both well-rounded, mindful people. We want to see both sides. We're not into arguing. We're into debates. Mm -hmm. We want to hear what you have to say. You have a different experience than we do. We have our, our experiences and our opinions for a reason, but that doesn't mean that they are right. So we they're just right mm -hmm. to us. So anyway, that being said, mm -hmm. I know that teachers in my life were, oh my gosh, so integral at times. And then there were teachers that weren't. And, it, mm -hmm. and then the school system, I learned some really important things, but I can guarantee you, I do not remember most of what I learned. When I took a test, it was gone. Um, so I feel like yep. there are definitely some flaws in our government system on how we teach. And I think that mm -hmm. um, asking an 18-year-old to decide what they want to do for the rest of their life is ridiculous. I love the idea of more yep. trade schools. I love the idea of letting kids work different jobs to see what they like and what resonates with them before they have to choose. Now, I have a lot of ideas, mm -hmm. you know, but it's harder to implement everything. And then, of course, when you're looking at the coursework that's being indoctrinated into our kids, especially in the last few years, we are sensitive to all of what's going on. However, I don't think it needs to be counted into kids. Um, I was listening to somebody tell me that their child in their public school was required to come to school the next day dressed as the opposite sex just to see what it felt like, to see if they liked it. I'm sorry, but I just Whoa. don't agree with that. And if, if a school no. is um, requiring this, I just don't. And this was seven years ago. So this was a long time. This wasn't even Whoa. like now. So I, I just, it's, it's, the government's putting their hands a little bit too far into this. It, if we're not teaching life skills and we're trying to teach sexuality to the point that you're trying to get kids to experiment with the opposite sex just to see if they like it, to see if they were born wrong, I, I just have so much of an issue with yeah. it. Um, but like, yeah. that's a huge tangent, sorry. And again, very sensitive to people who are experiencing these things and, you know, have a different view than me. I still love you. I, you know, we yeah. can agree to disagree. We can have intelligent conversations and uh, I don't want to take anyone off, yeah. but I, I just want to put this point of view the, the whole point of this podcast is the rebel to excel piece. And this is to say yeah. that you, no matter what it is that you believe, we want you to believe it wholeheartedly and if mm -hmm. someone's trying to tell you um that we, that you're wrong and you know that you're right it's okay to embrace the rebel yeah. inside of you that can excel through society's barriers even if you've got to freaking break them you know what i mean mm -hmm. so this is aubrey and i's opinion and you might have your own but we all have that little rebel inside um i'm thinking of two things actually one is i don't know if any of you remember the movie John Q with Denzel Washington and his little boy, mm -hmm. his heart just gave up. I think it was like eight, I want to say. 
his heart just stopped um, working very mm. well. And so they put him in the hospital. Yeah. His heart was just failing and he needed a heart transplant. Well, the factory that John was working for brought him from 40 hours to 20 hours a week. When they did that, mm. what he thought was completely covered in his health plan was no longer covered. And so the hospital mm. would not would not um, let them get on the donor list even without giving a 30% deposit on the surgery out of pocket. Ugh. And so they sold everything they had. They did fundraisers with friends. Um, mm -hmm. And they finally came up with like, I think, three quarters of the cash. And... And his son just kept deteriorating in health every day, every day, every day. And then the hospital decided they weren't, they wouldn't even take the cash. They were just going to dismiss the kid and and discharge them to home and just say like, take care of him while he dies, kind of thing. And the mother looked Whoa. at John and said, like, do something. I don't care what it is you do, but do something. And so, not condoning again this behavior, but mm -hmm. John took the surgeon hostage that does the heart surgery and everybody, the personnel that were in the, um, it's like the emergency t area just took everyone mm -hmm. hostage and said, put us on the list. Like I'm not letting hostages go until you put my son's name on the list. And you know, he didn't yeah. care if he was going to go to jail or whatever. And he didn't even have the gun loaded. Like he was not planning on hurting anyone, but at the end of the story, his son got a heart before he died, you know, and John went to jail for a few years for taking hostages. <laughs> but yeah. he, you know, he saved his son's life by being a rebel, you know. Mm -hmm. And um another example I was thinking of is Beth Dutton. So some of you know who Beth Dutton is and you're if you know who she is, you're a fan. <laughs> like it's just a hands down you're a fan. If you don't know who she is, Beth Dutton is a fictional character in the series Yellowstone with Kevin Costner. And she is his daughter. He's the head ranch owner. And and she's his daughter. She has two other brothers, or he has two sons. And um, there's this family dynamic of a lot of drama. And she is the <laughs> the drama. <laughs> she's the drama. She smokes. <laughs> she drinks. She's promiscuous. She starts fights. She's a problem. She can't have a family dinner without making fun of somebody. She is manipulative. <laughs> she will, you know, go behind your back and do whatever to, to get her family ahead. And I don't know why it is, but that woman brings out like this, um, this rebellious, like just person inside of me. I'm like, yes, yes. And then sometimes I'm like, whoa, Beth, whoa, whoa. That's a little, that's a little much. And then, and then the next episode, I'm like, yes, but it's so weird because I would never, ever, ever act like her ever in my whole life yeah. because that's ridiculous. Nobody should act like that. <laughs> but for some reason, she makes you want to love her. You know, it's like mm -hmm. this loyalty to her for some reason that you're just like, yes. But I feel like it's the yeah. rebel in her. She's not going to be told what to do and she's not going to be told who to yeah. be. And she's not going to be told basically anything. I mean, she, in one episode, she was practically, I guess not kidnapped, but somebody came into her work and held her 
hostage basically tied her up, beat the crap out of her, just black and blue all over her face, trying to get her to break down and like cry or just break her spirit. Mm. And she was like, no, you can kill me before I will ever lose my fight. Like, go ahead. Watch what my family does to you for doing this to me. You know what I mean? And she did not. I mean, there Mm-hmm. I think there was only a couple of times in that whole, in the, all the seasons that have been there that she's kind of broken down into that childlike state. And it's when she had her man, like she was, it was her and her man. So there's like the softness that her man brings out that no one else can bring out. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's the coolest thing. But anyway, what I'm talking about is this rebel. We're attracted to the bad boy and we're attracted to the bad girl. When, when stuff needs to get done, You don't call Dolly Parton, you know what I mean? (laughs) You would call Beth Dutton, you know, because Dolly Parton would just say, bless her heart. Everybody's pretty on the inside. (laughs) But you call Beth Dutton and Beth Dutton's like, what time do we ride? (laughs) You know, so this idea of rebel to excel I kind of just wanted to plant this seed. And I know we talked about some heavy stuff. And of course, what else Mm -hmm. would you expect on the Reclaim podcast? We don't do fluff, right? So hopefully we didn't offend too many of you too bad. We Yes, we want to end this by saying we love every single one of you, no matter what your beliefs are. We Mm -hmm. love you. And I want you to be so strong in what you believe that it doesn't matter what I say and it doesn't matter what anybody says. And if anyone's trying to tell you that what you believe is wrong or that you need to get back inside that box, I want you to like find the inner Beth Dutton and light your cigarette and flip them off and be like, watch me, bro. Like I'm going to live my life (laughs) because I know how I'm living is the right way. And it really doesn't concern you. And there's a very Mm -hmm. polite way to do this. In fact, I used Dolly Parton as, um, as an example of the sweet one, but I can tell you she lived her life how she wanted to live her life and she did it tastefully. Yes. So, you know, that she might actually be (laughs) more of the example of like, (laughs) yeah, she is who I'm talking about. You know, she, no one was able to break her, especially in public, even when they were trying to humiliate Mm -hmm. her. She does not care if you think her boobs are too big and she doesn't care if you think she cheated on her husband and she doesn't care if you don't like her songs or haven't been to Dolly World like or Dollywood. Yeah, yeah. Dollywood. So like live your life in this live your life in this like pretty but F you state and you will excel. <laughs> you know? Yes. It's a beautiful, it's yes. a beautiful F you. <laughs> Yes. Oh, anything to add, Aubrey? Because I'm just like, I'm getting excited. You could tell when I get excited because I talk faster and louder. <laughs> I love it. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't even know if it fits. Um, but I watched this interview with Keanu Reeves. I'm getting more and more obsessed with him lately. Like He's just amazing. His, yes. And I just, he will not argue with you. Like, nope, you could walk up to him and say, like, the sky is green. And he's like, absolutely. Have a great day. You know, just <laughs> like, no, <laughs> I'm not rising to that. Like, I don't want to argue with you about this. I just I'm mm-hmm. going to go be me and you just go believe the sky is green. That is just fine. Enjoy that. Yep. Doesn't Bye-bye hurt me now. any. And it's just exactly like that quiet little smile, you know, like. 
we don't have to be loud. We don't have to make a mess. Nobody has to like kick the glasses off the bar and like, we don't have to do that. Just like, thank you for your feedback. Appreciate your input. Bye bye now. Exactly. I love that idea. Um, because he's got a peaceful inner rebel, you know, like, yes, he doesn't, he doesn't have to outwardly say what's going on inside of him because he's, he is one of those people that rebels constantly and quietly Mm -hmm. and look at him. Like, I don't know one person who doesn't like him because he hasn't offered anything for anyone to not like. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yep. Yeah, but I he doesn't that. do it in like trying to fit a mold kind of way. Nope. You know, just the like, opposite. He's yeah, not, he's more like I am me, yeah, and that's all I have to be. Yeah, he's not offering up something that he thinks you want. He's just offering up what he has, and he doesn't particularly care <laughs> if you want it or don't. It's what he has, right? So take it or leave it. Exactly. All right, guys. So I'm basically, you heard what were messages today. Rebel to excel. Find that inner rebel, which always comes back to the same thing. Discover who you are and what you believe in mm-hmm. and stay aligned with that person. And you will rebel to excel because I guarantee you what's aligned inside of you is going to ruffle some feathers with the people around you. And it's going to tell you mm-hmm. who around you should kick rocks and who you can start sitting by at the dinner table. You know what I mean? So um, we love you again. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us. I hope you feel supported. Again, give us some feedback. If you have any, we would love to hear your thoughts. And also any ideas on upcoming episodes are always welcome. And we love you so much. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. Brandy and I are really so grateful for your support. And speaking of new episodes, we are going to take a break from the podcast for a couple of weeks to enjoy some summertime. And we will be coming back in August with season two. So we would love to hear what you want to hear. And uh, in the meantime, please check out the resources that we have for you on the website, reclaimjournal.com. There are some freebies that you can download and uh, some wonderful resources that will help you on your healing journey. And remember, please, that this podcast is free to listen to, but it's not free to make. So if you would like to support us and help keep this going, you can subscribe and you get some um, ad-free episodes and you also get exclusive content that is only available on the subscription side. So thank you so much. Stay sparkly, sweet sisters, and we'll see you in August.